So last Sunday, we shared the vision for Destiny Church. It's not a one-year vision. This is the foundation of everything that we're doing. So the three words for those that may have forgotten or missed out, presence, health, influence. This is the foundation of Destiny Church's future. These three words. Have we figured it out yet? No. Are we on a journey? Absolutely. Have Justin and I figured it all out yet? No. Are we on a journey? Yes. Do we want to get some form of growth this year? Absolutely. Next year, even more, etc., etc. We believe that this here, uh, if you look at the Bible, if you look at our life, I guess, and the church, we believe that these words and what they mean is, is a healthy place for everything to spring from. Does that make sense? So every decision we make is going to come from a place of, is it presence, health or influence driven? Because if it's not, we're probably not going to do it. So you go, Lee, you're doing a movie night for little girls, movie morning for little girls. What's that got to do? That's got to do with health and influence because we need healthy relationships. And how do we get healthy relationships by spending time with people? How do we build influence in the community? I'm going to ask my friend from mum's group who's got a little girl to come along. How am I going to build influence? Is by bringing them and inviting them and sharing with them. And this is just something small and practical, but it's a place to start. It's a place to start. So last week we shared on what that looks like and dreamed about what's possible, um, what what we're going after. So if you didn't hear the message, it's on podcast. So please hear it because that's really our heart um, of where we're going. But then to facilitate that. So you go, this is the vision for Destiny Church. How are we going to get there? What are some practical things? What are some key words? What are some ways we're going to get there? And that's what we're going to share today. Is that cool? So we've got eight core beliefs. Eight. And then this is it. This is Destiny Church. We've got our vision and we've got how we're going to get there. And that's as simple as it's going to be. So, Justin's telling me something. You want me to read this? Awesome. So presence, health and influence. And our mission statement with that is building a supernatural culture upon God's presence. So we're building everything we do here is upon God's presence. It's upon God, our our relationship with God, our intimacy, our face-to-face. So we're not making decisions based on just what feels good. We're making decisions based on what God face-to-face encounters is, is what he's sharing with us. Yeah. So we're building a supernatural culture. Supernatural is a very challenging word in itself because we live in a natural world and we're called to be supernatural in our natural world. That's what we are. That should be our natural. Supernatural should be our natural. So we're building a supernatural culture on God's presence, which causes us to live in love, health, honor, and power. I'm not going to talk about those four words because I'll be here all day. But they are awesome. As we introduce the world to Jesus every day. We introduce the world to Jesus every day. That's our goal. Every day we introduce the world to Jesus. So our core beliefs, they are the foundation and filters by which everything we do comes from. 
They determine our thinking, transformation and behaviour. When believed and applied, we will see culture created and our vision become a reality. So that's what we're sharing on today. Eight of them. They are not in order of priority. They're just in order because you have to have an order. So don't think this is a step-by-step guide, okay? Number one, love is our highest goal. I remember when I was, we've spoken about this before, when I was maybe 18, 19, Dan Leanne did a day with like the youth and adults and he spoke a message, you remember this one, on love. Oh, it was about the best message I've ever heard on love. You know those messages that remain in, in your memory? You probably have maybe up to 20 that you just remember. You remember the points, this is one. He spoke about love. He spoke about love being the foundation of everything. Have I mastered that? Absolutely not. But am I on a journey to it? Absolutely. Love is our highest goal. This is the foundation of everything we do. Love compels us, it motivates us, it powers us to live out, uh, to live out this beautiful gospel that we've been given. Our heart is to continue to grow in love with God and so we value and treat people the same way Jesus does. One of my favourite verses, which is what I got from Dan's message. Ah, here it is. 1 Corinthians 13.1 If I speak in tongues of man or of angels but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words... In other words, if what I do does not have a foundation of love, it's going to amount to nothing, which means every conversation, every action, every good deed, every work has to come from a place of love, has to. It's got to. If we want to impact and influence the world around us, love has to be what what is underlying every decision, motivation that we operate from. It is a massive challenge. Sometimes I wake up and I don't feel like loving. I just want to be selfish sometimes. Like, sometimes. I just want to stay in bed and watch movies. But sometimes it requires me to look outside my world and go, what does love look like today? What does love look like in my workplace? What does love look like when I get together with family and friends? What does love look like when I'm in my mum's group? Because it looks like something. What does love look like in your life? Because it looks like something. We choose to see and value, to see value in every person. What a challenge. We choose to see value in every person, even the ones that annoy us. We choose to see value in them. As a church, there will be people in here that maybe you don't get along with. That's just honest. Some people are prickly. Some people are slow. Some people like long conversations. (laughs) Some people don't. Some people like to hug and kiss. (laughs) Others want their space. (laughs) But yet I choose to see value in every person. In every person. 
if all of us can get this revelation of having love underline everything we do and seeing value in everyone, could you imagine what a world, like, unstoppable? All of Dingley, like, the world is hungry for genuine love and relationship. And imagine if we can get that in here to start off with. Now, I'm not saying we're bad, but I'm just saying if we can grow in this, we're going to see health in our lives increase. So good. So what we've done, we've developed um, over the last nine months, we've developed a booklet, our core beliefs and vision booklet. So we've, we've laid out everything. Like last week is all laid out really clearly. Um, we've got each of our core beliefs that are laid out really clearly in this booklet. So we're going to be handing them out. They're going to be in the foyer at the end of church. So, uh, so people go to the cafe. You can grab one on the way out. If you're going straight out, grab one. They'll be on a table in the foyer. So grab one. Um, don't grab one for your kids um, just because we've just done one um, print for now. But you can grab one for you and your spouse, which is great. And we're going to encourage you guys um, to really um, take this with the Lord, like put this with your Bible and just go through it throughout the year. And we're going to be talking about different things. So each page, it's got uh, what the core belief is. And then we've got uh, a phrase to encapsulate that core belief. And then we've got some points to define it with scriptures. There's about 160 scriptures in the book just to define. So we've got like, in this one, there's like eight statements, like this is what love is our highest goal means. And then we've got a section like you've seen on the screen. How does it actually play out? If you haven't got it by now, Lee and I are really passionate about we can define something, we can value something, but how does it play out? How do we actually see this thing happen? Because I don't want to just talk about it. I'm done talking. That's what I was like about five years ago. I'm like, I'm done talking. I want to see some miracles. I want to see Jesus start to show up. And then people get saved in Safeway, and it's just awesome. So, um, so um, core belief number two is God is good. God is good. This phrase, come on. This is our anchor for every season in life. Joy and pain, victory and mess. God is a perfect father who loves and approves of us before we do anything. Being aware of his constant goodness and grace causes us to encounter his true nature. Not what we've heard, not what we've experienced, but his true nature and be transformed. I mean, that you sit on that phrase for a month and read Romans 6. You're good because he's good. Okay, so how do we define that? It's hard picking because there's like eight in here that we love. Um, so how do we actually pick um, a, a phrase? I've done it. Defining the core belief. This is one I like. God describes himself as gracious kind and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. God is good and by nature is in a good mood. It's going to challenge some of us. He's in a good mood. He loves people. He wants everyone to go. 1 Peter 3, 9, I think that is. He, he wants everyone to go to heaven. He doesn't like people not choosing him. He has feelings and emotions. Yes, he does but he's in a good mood. There's one day he'll, Jesus will put judge hat on and, and judge the world. True. We'll give an account for our life, but he's not wearing judge hat now. 
which we'll talk about throughout this year. But he's, he doesn't have wrath hat on now. He doesn't judge nations. He doesn't send earthquakes to people that he adores, cherishes, and loves. Things happen because of sin and people's choices. When we pray unceasingly, which I don't know if there's any Christian that prays unceasingly, when we go, you know what, your word, we're going to do it, then we'll see natural disasters stop at a word. But he's in a good mood. We'll unpack that a lot. Probably, I'm not going to say probably in the first half, but I would say in the first half because it's a big deal. Okay, scripture. Psalm 103 verse 8, which is in the booklet as well. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. You just do a study in Hebrew of that word, those words and you'll just be wrecked. 1 Peter 2, 3, this is incredible. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. He's talking about people who've received Jesus. Now that you've tasted, and he's saying, let's do this after that. Let's respond. Now that you've tasted the Lord's kindness. Remember, kindness means grace. It's that word grace. Okay, how does it play out, church? Believing, this is just one of the points. Believing God is good radically changes what we expect is possible. When we can get an understanding of who he is, which is good, and that he's in a good mood, it radically changes what you expect every day, what you expect for your future. Amen. Not used to me finishing on time, are you? (laughs) I wanted to go on with that point more. Anyway, number three. In living, we believe in living a life of worship. Living a life of worship. Let's talk about this. God has designed every person to connect and experience him. So we prioritize and pursue his presence. We place high value on worshiping him through song and other expressions, both individually and corporately. So we're not just talking about Sunday morning song, even though we are, but we're talking about all expressions of worship within these four walls and outside these four walls. Presence how we encounter, how we do life, how we uh, place value on God. Everyone will look different. Everyone does it different. Everyone's personality and life is different. So we're not boxing anyone to say, you must look like this. We're saying we're giving our life to living a life of worship. That's the core value. That's, That's what we're going after, the core belief. We place value on that. Worship, kiss towards, loving him. Defining the core belief. We believe whatever we behold, we attract. Whatever we value, sorry, I'll say that again. We become whatever we behold. We attract whatever we value. So we pursue encounters with God through worship that mark us forever. Corinthians 3.15. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a vow covers their hearts. But whoever, sorry, but whenever anyone trusts in the Lord, the vow is taken away. Now know that the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who have unveiled faces, complete, sorry, contemplate, 
contemplate. I'm struggling from, I don't know how dad does this. I have no, I've got to read from my notes. This, I'm struggling with these. There we go. We contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is in spirit. Whatever we look at, we behold. Let's just think about this for a minute. I, years ago, 10 years ago, went to a conference in Queensland. That's an incorrect statement. We were in holidays in Queensland and we decided to go to a day conference, which happened to be when we were in Queensland. Yeah. And I remember in worship, standing, sitting in my seat in worship, picturing Jesus looking at me during worship, like literally face to face, what Justin was talking about. I pictured him. So as I was singing the songs, I know I've shared this before, but as I was singing the songs, the lyrics, I was literally singing it to Jesus's face. So you can imagine my reaction. I've got tears running down my face because it's such an intimate moment of I am beholding, I'm looking at you. I'm meaning every word that I'm saying right now. This isn't up in the sky somewhere out there. This is a moment that's intimate between me and you right now. And every so often from that moment, probably 10 times a year, once a month, during worship here, I'll come back and I'll bring my worship, which I, I, I do, I am expressive, I'll bring it down to intimate. And I make it personal between me and him. Because whatever I behold, whatever I look at, whatever I am focusing on, that changes me. Now, you could look at any area of your life and you could apply it to your life. Bella is like that with food. (laughs) Obsessed with food. Which is great. Correct. (laughs) Think about any area of your life. So how does this play out? We make room for God to move during our services so we're not in a hurry because we're expecting God to show up. We are expecting God to show up. Every Sunday when you come here, look, every day in your life, I want to challenge you with this, but just corporately now, every Sunday when you come into church, come expectant for God to move in your life. Ask and you will receive. Come expectant. Can you imagine what this room would look like if all of us came expectant for God to move? So good. Okay, so another core belief is personal transformation. We believe in personal transformation. We believe in the finished work of the cross and that Jesus has redeemed, restored and transformed us. Has. Body, soul, and spirit. Full victory in our lives is not only possible, but expected. That's in a really healthy way. Don't get freaked out by that word expected with your history with the word. It's actually really good. Full victory in our lives is not only possible, but expected. We are also aware this truth needs to be intentionally embraced and outworked so that it would become a present-day reality in our lives. Again, it's that whole James, that what we believe comes out. It's evident. So we believe in the finished work, that he has restored us, that our soul is actually good. Yeah. But it can't be the leader. Our spirit is the leader. Yeah? 
Our spirit is the leader, the renewed mind is in the soul, and that, that gets outworked in line with the spirit, so that our thinking and every action we do becomes unto the Lord and thinking like Him. That's when we've got this beautiful thing of the Word cutting into joints and marrow, soul and spirit, Hebrews 4.12. We get this beautiful thing of our, and that's the, that's the definition of peace, when our body, soul and spirit come into the alignment of heaven and what His Word says. That, and you know that from your life, when things are just working. And it's not this magical thing that we want everything to, all the stars have got to line up, so to speak, body, soul and spirit, but it's understanding He's already done this on the cross But when we don't embrace it and it's just an idea, like ideology, (laughs) it's an idea, it's just an understanding. Again, it can be humanistic in nature because we just understand it as this concept. But when we step into it and go, actually, I've got to embrace the finished work of the cross. I've got to apply the finished work of the cross. So it actually shows up and screams that it's true. And that's when people start to go, oh, wow. Like the way you responded to getting fired when it wasn't your fault, I've never seen anyone do that. And a month later, the job that came was better than that. Can you tell me how you responded? Oh, yeah, cool. Well, our church really believes in emotional health and, and that our character and integrity are really are more important than the spiritual stuff. The, the praying for people and the prophesying. The, the inner world is actually more important. So we've been working on that as a church. There's a little bit of influence in there as well, hey. But we get, to, we get to teach and share with our, our, our non-believing friends about what it is to be healthy and to actually go, you know what? Praying's amazing, worship's amazing, but if we're not applying the finished work, body, soul, and spirit, to be healthy and whole and integrous and character when no one's looking, then uh, uh, there's a disconnect. And I've found that disconnect in my life, and you blow up. You burn out or blow up. So defining that core belief... God is big and victorious. The devil is small and defeated. It's true. And again, we, our mind needs to catch up with what he's already done. That's the renewed mind. Repentance. Change the way that I think God so that I actually believe that because it's easy to think. Don't worry about the world. The, world's, the devil's big and strong with people who don't know Jesus. That's the reality. But don't get caught up in that thinking. You're not of the world. So you, your mindset is, God is big and victorious, the devil is small and defeated. He disarmed the powers, Colossians 2, of the devil on the cross. He made a public spectacle of the enemy for you, not for your neighbor that doesn't believe in Jesus. They will struggle because they haven't accepted Jesus. They're slaves to sin. It's full-on language. But we're slaves to righteousness. So our thinking can be the devil is small and defeated and struggle is an option. That's the goal. I still struggle. It's the goal. And we're going to go on a beautiful journey, taking our time to go after this stuff. Not you should be here or you should be there by now. No. You are where you are and he is who he is. Defining the core belief. Although we live in community, no one else can take responsibility for our personal transformation. We are in charge of us. Bang. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Again, this, all this stuff is in the booklet, which you'll get today. You can take your time going through it. How does it play out, church? 
We intentionally pursue spiritual growth and maturity. We we intentionally pursue it. It's not haphazard. It's not stumbling upon it. It's, It's like this militant, I'm going after it with the foundation that he's good. So we're excited. God is always speaking. God is always speaking. God speaks and he's given us the ability to hear. Right now, just quickly, just allow that to hit your heart. If you go, I don't hear God, repent, which means change the way you're thinking and go, I hear what God is saying. Because that's just, it's a belief. God is always speaking and he's given us the ability to hear. Whatever the season or situation, we know he speaks to us and for others because it is his heart to always be present and involved. He's always speaking. Don't question that he's always speaking. Always. It means now we have a beautiful opportunity to learn how to hear. Because he's always speaking. Define the core belief. God speaks to us for us, but he also speaks to us for other people. So if we want to have influence, face to face, he's speaking to us for our own life. But if we also want to have influence, we need to hear him for other people. Because he knows all things. We don't. He does. So we need him to share with us. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 13. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit. Explaining spiritual realities to spirit taught words. I used to only ever hear the, word, hear the verse, the first part. No mind has, no mind has um, seen, no ear has heard. And I used to go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But there's the but. But, but God has revealed them to us. Because he's speaking to us. Because he's sharing and revealing to us. How is it going to play out? Whenever, whenever we need an answer or solutions for anything, we always ask God first. Always ask God first. That is a journey I am massively on because with Bella, we're teaching her, ask God first, which means if I'm teaching her, I have to be living it. It's so easy for me to go to the Panadol when I don't feel well or to look up something, you know, Google something if I need an answer or whatever, but let's go to God first. Let's let's change the way we're thinking and go, God has all answers. He knows all answers, all solutions for all situations. Let's go to him first. 
Beautiful. Um, healthy families and relationships is another core belief. We believe in healthy families and relationships. We spoke a little bit about this last week with health because more than any of the, uh, the vision, it, health really does play into this um, a lot. Uh, so we won't go too much into this because we spoke about it a lot last week and when I preached on up, in and out as well. Um, okay, so the phrase that, that, that sums up this core belief, healthy families and relationships, the structure of heaven is family, father, son, and Holy Spirit. We are created to do life with other people. So we are passionate about pursuing authentic connection with one another as we aim to live in healthy, honoring, and loving relationships. Again, you've heard us talk about this. We'll unpack it more. Um, It's really exciting that we can delve into something that's um, challenging but needed. Defining the core belief. Love this. We do nothing out of selfish ambition or gain. Instead, we intentionally partner with others and prefer others to see their gifts develop and their deepest dreams come true. How, how would that practically play out? We won't go there, Jen, but how does that happen in this environment? That would mean that I'm actually preferring Lee now. That I'm not itching to get up because I'm the guru. <laughs> Serious. And it's really challenging because I think I'm great. I think I can communi- communicate pretty well. And I think my core values are amazing. And I'm excited to share them when she's sharing, because I'm next. But what preferring others is, if I don't get to mine, I'm okay. Worship leaders, if I don't get to my song, because God blows up another song, I'm okay, because this is our core belief. And he's going to do more in me when I say, I want your dreams to come true, than if I had led, or if I had spoken. This is so big. And I'm so excited that we get to go. It feels good, doesn't it? Like this feels phenomenal. And a lot of people, this will cause your friends to have their heads spinning. This will be more evangelistic than you talking. No, I won't go there. It'll it'll come in beautifully around everything else that we share. But it's meeting felt need. They're asking this stuff. They're questioning this stuff because it's relational. It's every day. It's the people stuff. A light, easy to follow scripture. 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Tick. (laughs) So again, it's a challenge. God does not put stuff in there to tease us or to dangle a carrot. It's all possible. It's all possible. It's all possible. But are we willing to adjust our life to pursue his kingdom first? It's massive. Because when we actually pursue his kingdom first and everything else fits in behind the kingdom, wife, children, family, church, whatever, friends, church, then, then, then we're going to start to nail these. And actually we'll talk about that. Like what's the order in your life? A lot of pastors will go, church is like, just below my wife. I'm like, nah, it's got to be down further. The kingdom's first. How does it play out? Love this. We've got so many points in healthy because it's so 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does this play out? We don't talk negatively about people behind their back. Period. So we might have to cancel some coffees with people. (laughs) Or we'll be staring at them. You like that? Boom! It's true. It's so true. And this is the authentic connection. Like, we don't know how to do it, so we talk about other people. Wow. It's true. We do it. What about that person? Hey, why don't, if you've got to talk about someone, because again, whatever, but talk about how amazing people are. But it's so, it's not normal. It's counterculture to the kingdom. You hear it all the time with people in cafes. They're just bashing people, bashing their families, bashing their kids, bashing their husband, bashing their friends. Let's stop that. Lee, and it's a big deal for us as pastors where we love you guys and we're passionate about you growing and learning and developing and, and being all that he's called you to be. And we've got to be careful our language. Like we want to talk about, we don't want to go, oh, jeepers, where was that person? And it's not to fill a seat. It's because we love you and we want you a part of what we're doing. Yeah. But, but we've all got to be careful. So we don't talk negatively about people behind their back. How does it play out? The flip side of that, which we're going to learn, we choose conversations over assumption and speculation. It's, this is probably one of the biggest points of today. Yeah. We choose conversations with people. If you're not sure, go up and ask them. Don't let this develop. That's where the offense thing, the bait of Satan, John Bevere's teaching, the offense that we, well, oh, they looked at me like that. Oh, they must not like me anymore. Okay, dude, I didn't see you. And that was 14 years ago. And you've locked, you've locked the door from the inside and you've been in a prison for 14 years because you thought I hated you. Instead of going, hey, you looked at me like you were going to kill me. I'm like, oh, sorry, no, no, I had to go and pick up my kid because they were at a friend's house. Didn't even see you. Oh, cool. We're good? We're good. Nothing is impossible. This has to be our language. Nothing is impossible. Even in situations that look impossible, nothing is impossible. We now live from heaven's perspective. We live from heaven, not earth, we live from heaven's perspective, which has changed how we see and deal with every situation. It is now normal and necessary for us to move in power and signs and wonders and miracles to be evident through our life because nothing is impossible. Signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Do you believe? Yeah? What does that mean? Signs and wonders will follow you. Nothing is impossible. We don't shut the door on on situations that look too hard. Defining the core belief. Nothing is impossible for God. Therefore, I love this, there is never a person or situation beyond his ability to bring complete restoration. Never a person or situation. So our language needs to reflect this. Nothing is impossible. Our language needs to reflect the hope that we carry. How we talk, our thoughts, how we make decisions. We don't make decisions based on what's easy or what we can tangibly, um, naturally do. We base decisions on what he is saying and what is supernatural because nothing is impossible. Matthew 19, I love this verse. Not many people do, I don't think, but I do. Again, I tell you, 
It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's not the part I love. It's an analogy. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who can then be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I love that picture. A camel through the eye of a needle, impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So how does it play out? We do not live from our past experiences, but from what God's word says. We don't live from past experiences, hurts, pains, unanswered prayers, but we live from what God's word says. If God's word says it, we believe it, we bank upon it, we we outplay it, we stand on it, we declare it, we pray for it in our life. Why? Because he's not a liar. He holds and keeps his promises. Nothing is impossible. So good. And you can see how the other core beliefs come in. And it's not just this there, that there, that there. But when you're going after something that's hard and crazy, the healthy family stuff comes in. And the God is good stuff comes in. And the anchors in that one that you're going after. They're just going to overlap and it's going to be great. So this last one is exciting. Uh, Yeah. God's kingdom is advancing and is being outworked through the church. I'm going to read that again. Keep that out there, Jen. The eighth core belief that's going to uphold the vision of the church, which is presence, health, and influence. It's going to uphold building a supernatural culture upon God's presence, which causes us to live in health, love, honor, and power as we introduce the world to Jesus every day. These eight core beliefs are upholding that. God's kingdom is advancing and is being outworked through the church. Okay, how would you describe that? As a church, we believe uh, we have the amazing privilege of putting Jesus on display to see our culture and society transformed. We are excited, passionate, and committed to seeing every part of our church represent him really well, which includes us and the property and everything we do with ministries. It's exciting. As a church, we have the amazing privilege of putting Jesus on display to see our culture and society transformed. We're excited, passionate, and committed to see every part of our church represent him really well. Defining the core belief. Defining the core belief. Despite what we see and hear through the media, we are fully aware and convinced that his church is getting stronger and his kingdom is advancing. Again, it's like, what are we listening to? It's challenging. Because if you just listen to the news, it's just, it's getting worse. But if we are open and we realize that the, the, um, the salvation rate in China is higher than the birth rate, then we go, oh. And then we start to think of the, um, like some Africa's in, um, uh, some nations in Africa are 70% born again, 80% born again, 60% born again, 90%, well, maybe not 90, 80. And we think of just the the crusades that are happening all around the world, that South America is on fire. And there's so much happening. But if we we just get our news from 
the news or we watch Infowars all the time. Um, no, we don't. I said, if we do, um, and we just get our, our news from the media, then the media, that's like, I think that's conforming to the pattern of this world, isn't it? Because we're like, oh, that's what we're getting our information fed by. There's a lot of bad and nasty and crazy stuff happening. We can't put our head in the sand. But, but his kingdom is advancing. I just want to read one scripture that's going to challenge us. Don't put it up yet, Jen. But we talk about um, the last days and all that sort of deal. And we are in the last days because Peter announced that we are, yeah? In Acts 2, the, the power and the fire and the, the stuff that they didn't understand when God said, I'm pouring out my spirit. Well, they were like, ah, these men look like they're drunk. And he's like, yeah, but it's in the Holy Spirit. It's different. And he's like, let me explain. Pastor, pastor, pastor. Peter gets up, who's the wildcat, and he starts to pastor this wild move of God. And he goes, this is that, which Joel prophesied. And Joel prophesied in the last days, in the last days. So that was the, that was the, the commencement of the last days, Pentecost. So he's like, this is that. This is the beginning of that prophecy when Joel said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. It wouldn't have been if Peter didn't quote Joel. But Joel, uh, Peter quoted Joel, so that was what happened. I'm just trying to, I just want to, because it's so hard to understand what the next scripture is. Scripture is. So he's explained that, that I'll pour my spirit on all flesh, da da da, you know it. Joel 2 28, Acts 2 17 ish. And this next scripture also talks about the last days. And it's something we don't talk about, because the media is so large. So let's put this scripture up Isaiah 2. We need to meditate on this. Because it says, in the last days. Where are we now? We're in the last days. So much of the church is like, the world's going to blow up and end badly. Jesus is going to rescue us, rapture, crazy, fire. Ah, get me out! And I'm like, "Mm." I'm not sure how it's all going to play out. But I've read enough and experienced enough from him and read his word and are seeing it all throughout the world on Facebook every day from people that people are getting healed and saved every single day, every single day, every single day, every single day. And if you like the page, you'll see it every single day, every single day. And scriptures and his heart and advancing and church and we believe he's coming back for a glorious bride. Doesn't do, do we believe the whole world's going to be saved? I'd like to hope so, but I can't say yes. But we're really believing that he's going he's gonna to do something. Let's just... Let's just believe, let's just believe for as much as we can. Does that make sense? So here it is. In the last days, this is Isaiah, in the last days. I need an hour to talk to you guys about all this because it's full on, because it's really challenging. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all in the last days, guys. The most important place on earth. It will be raised above other hills and people from all the world will stream to it, there to worship. People will, people from many nations will come and say, come on, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of Jacob's God. Now this one. There will, there he will teach us his ways and he will walk, um, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His, his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes in the last days. 
They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And this line, nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. We cannot sweep this into the magical rug called the millennium because it doesn't give us the right to in scripture because it says in the last days. I don't know what's going to happen. But let's position ourselves that Jesus meant what he said when he said, I want you to pray like this, guys. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, present, now, as it is in heaven. Let's stand on our feet. It challenges us so much. It challenges us so much, but it excites us so much. God, we want to learn. We want to grow. We don't want our experience of the media and our own hurts and pains scratch our lens of what your word says. We ask just now, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Yeah. We're not in a hurry. We invite you now. We're we're talking to you now. We step into encounter now. We step into being aware of your presence. We step into reminding ourselves of who you are. We step into reminding ourselves of our history with you. We step into reminding us of all the times that you've come through. We remind ourselves of all those times in worship where you've touched us and reminded us. We remind ourselves now of those times we read your word and something stuck out. We remind ourselves of our prophetic words. This is encounter. This is engaging. This is being not in a hurry. This is what we mean. That we just look to you without being in a hurry. Like Jeremiah, I remind myself and therefore I have hope as he was walking around the destruction of Jerusalem. I remind myself and therefore I have hope which is the confident, eager expectation of good. Why? Because he is good. So God, everything that we've spoken today is a 10 out of 10 challenge on every page, every statement, every 140 scriptures, every 80 statements, how it plays out, phrases, words, crazy, I'm confused. But Holy Spirit, you're the one that guides us into all truth. For you are the spirit of truth. So take us on a journey, God, as a church, so this, this house, this mountain will be raised above all other hills, that people will stream to it, that w- you will teach them your ways here, that you will teach them what worship is, that you will teach them what health is, and that you will teach them how to go out from here and influence their world. We love you, we love you, we love you. Like that song, we love you and we can't get enough. We love you and we can't get enough. We love you and we can't get enough. And I just bless every person here in Jesus' name. That when they read their, their vision and core beliefs booklet, that they wouldn't be able to stop taking notes. That, that your fire would come. That your gentleness would come. And that you would highlight things. That we wouldn't get concerned that we've got to do everything at once. Guys, we'll highlight stuff and we'll go on a journey together. But Lord, that you would highlight things to us as we're, as we're making time. Yeah, I just declare that, that, that husbands and wives would adjust and plan so that each one of them could have time with the Lord. 
I'll have the kids for 20 and you go have time with the Lord. Because if you do that, our family's going to be better. Prioritizing and pursuing him. I'm going to set my alarm and believe that my eight hours instead of nine is more blessed than the nine. Whatever that looks like for you, no pressure. But we've got to adjust to become. Love you guys. Love you, God. Amen.